lovely. So often before the service is lots of chatter and things. And the vast majority just sat quietly preparing their hearts for worship, which is absolutely lovely. And uh, that's as it should be. That's as it should be. Well, welcome to you all. And uh, if you're joining us online, welcome to you as well, whether it's uh, Sunday or Monday or Tuesday when you see this. Uh, you're most welcome to, to join us here. Um, there are a few notices. Um, the first one is it, quite important. Coffee in the living room this Tuesday is not happening. Uh, we've had a late, um, a late call. There, there just aren't enough uh, staff around to, to man it this week. Um, a couple of important people can't be there, Phil and Margaret, because Phil's got COVID. Um, and obviously that affects Margaret as well. So if you come to coffee in the living room, uh, or if you know someone who comes, will you pass the word on to them, please? Make sure everybody gets to hear, no coffee in the living room this Tuesday. Thank you. And next Sunday at uh, 4 o'clock, it's a 10 o'clock service. Am I, am I right? Is it 10 o'clock next Sunday? Well, it's either 10 o'clock or it's 9 o'clock and 10.45. I think it's 10 o'clock next Sunday. Um, and then at 4 o'clock, it's the memorial service, which is a very uh, important service in the calendar. Um, and uh, lots of people have been invited who've had recent bereavements. Um, but it's also good if members of the fellowship can come and join in that service to, to be here and, and support and chat to the folks who, who come. So please um, think about coming to the four o'clock memorial service next Sunday. Well, I don't know what sort of week or day you've had so far, but let's just quieten our hearts and put all the things that are troubling us, all the things that are on our minds, whether it's um, the state of the government, or the state of your favourite football club, I mean, whatever it is, put it to one side for now. Let's clear our hearts and minds and prepare ourselves to worship. And we'll remain seated now to sing, to be in your presence.
we join together in the traditional words of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And as we sense his presence with us, one of the things that we need to do straight away is to bring all the faults and failings of the past week so that we've got clear hearts to come before him. So a couple of moments to reflect on that week, things that we've said, perhaps unkindly, in haste, now regretted. Things that we've done and things that we failed to do. Times perhaps we just thought of ourselves. Desires of our hearts which we know are not honouring to God. And we gather all those things together as we say. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And we have the confidence of God's word that tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from every kind of wrong. And so with all those things dealt with, we come to offer our praise and our worship in our first hymn, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. It's a lovely hymn because it, it, it's got everything in it, the God of creation, the Jesus who saves us, and our expectation of what is to come, when Christ shall come eh, uh, at, the, at the end in the last verse. So we stand and we worship God in this lovely hymn.
I'm going to invite Susie and Martin to come up and join us now. And uh, John and Ursula, if you'd like to come forward. Oh, it's John, I ought to be precise, John Wayne. Uh, yes. Um, Susie and Martin are uh, off this week back to Kenya for um, their next trip. And they're just going to share a little bit and then, very briefly, and then John and Ursula are going to pray for them. Do you want to come here or do you want the mic? Hand over. Okay, yeah. okay. Thank you very much, John. Yes, we're, we're back off to Kenya again on Wednesday for uh, just about three weeks. And it's going to be a bit different to when we've gone for the last 18 years. Because then we've always been doing a Bible training seminar. But now we've handed responsibility for continuing with that to the Kenyans. So this trip, we'll be meeting with the leaders to find out how the, the training is going. But also, for the first week, spending time with them to really listen to what's going on with them and then pass on other sorts of equipping and training to them. And so it's a case of responding to the Holy Spirit and, uh, in terms of what they are facing and how we can help them. And then for the second week, we don't know quite how long yet, but we'll be going down to a much hotter place, which could be difficult for Susie. <laughs> she struggles in the heat. It's supposed to be air-conditioned where we'll be staying, so we hope that it will be. And we're trusting that God will help Susie in the heat. And there we will meet regional leaders from all over Kenya and doing something similar with them, hearing the, the, the things that they are facing and passing on training and praying for them and that sort of thing. So it'll be, it's a, a, a mission that has started about 1,500 churches in unreached parts of Kenya, so these men have got quite a lot of responsibility, and so we'll be together with them and helping them as much as we can. So if you would like to pray, Think T-H-S. T is for traveling. We would like not to receive COVID on an aeroplane. It's not a great gift to have before you start somewhere. So traveling mercies for us, but also for the pastors who have to overcome many obstacles to get where they need to go. Some of them are living a you know, very long way away. So please pray that each one, God would enable them to get there. Um, please pray for health for all our health, obviously, and for the pastor's health. And when Martin talks about heat and temperature, that it would stay cool. That means 30 degrees or below, preferably. And for S, Holy Spirit, really. We need the Holy Spirit, all of us. He is so great at helping us when we're with these people, and they just absolutely love the Holy Spirit, and we work together with him, which is a joy and an adventure. So travelling, health, and the Holy Spirit, please. Thank you. And thank you for your prayers. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to suggest that you guys stand there, and I'll pass this around. Ask Lord that it would be your spirit that would be their guide 
Father, we um, thank you for those helpful letters, THS. Um, we would pray now for traveling, both for Martin and Susie, and for the pastors coming to the um, gathering, that your hand would be on all the arrangements. We ask for your protection on Martin and Susie, particularly as they sit in a plane for many hours, that they would not catch any bugs or viruses. We pray for health, health for all those coming, for Martin and Susie and the pastors, that everyone would be well and able to pay full attention to what the S, the Holy Spirit, is saying. Lord, be particularly with Martin and Susie, anoint them to bring your word to these pastors. And Father, may there be life-changing decisions life-changing moments for the men who are gathering. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Martin and Susie, just give us the dates, will you? Um, you're leaving on the... Wednesday. Wednesday, the... 26th. 26th. And you're coming back on the 15th of November. That's great. Lovely. 26th to the 15th of November, please remember Martin and Susie in your prayers. We're going to have our reading now, and then um, <coughs> Ivan's going to come and, and speak. Um, to those of you who are watching online, I, I need to say, the words will not appear on your screen. Ivan's asked if we can use the message version. <clears throat> those in church will see what's being said, but we don't have a license to stream the message version and we don't want to break the law so those of you watching online joining online you will hear it but you won't see those words appearing on your screens so we're just going to pray for Ivan and Jacqueline now uh, particularly for Ivan but Jacqueline as well let's just pray father we thank you for your word we thank you that it's powerful we thank you that it speaks into our hearts and minds that you encourage us by it, you challenge us by it, you strengthen us by it. And as we come to your word now, we pray um, for Ivan as he speaks to us, that he would bring us the words that you have given him to say, and that as he speaks, your spirit would speak those words into our hearts too. We ask this in Jesus' name. The first reading is from Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, 
a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. The second reading is from Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Speaking to the people, Jesus went on. Take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself. What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods, and I'll say to myself, Self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then God said to him, Fool, tonight you die. And your barn full of goods? Who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's amazing what you can do when you don't try. I had, I, had start, I had intended to start off with a joke, but I couldn't find anything s- suitable. But I did, however, uh, come across the expression, do not be afraid, which apparently is mentioned in the Bible 365 times, one for every day of the year, which is perhaps more appropriate for the choppy waters we're sailing through at present. Change is here to stay. I know it sounds a cliche, but I can't think back to any time in my life quite like this. Perhaps you feel the same as I do. Well, here we go. In our family, we are Mickey Mouse fans. And when our children were younger, we took them to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, where we actually met Mickey Mouse. I know you'll find that hard to believe. (laughs) I shook his hand, which was really exciting for me at any rate. It was there that we came across Space Mountain, where you sat in a space rocket and were launched into the dark on a roller coaster ride. There were many twists and turns and flashing lights, and you had no idea what was going on or where you were going. Just recently, life has been a bit of a roller coaster. Just think about it. Brexit, floods, Partygate, Covid, a changing climate, migration, 
the war in Ukraine, the departure of Boris Johnson, the selection process to choose a new Prime Minister, the new era of Liz Truss, and then her sudden resignation, the death of our beloved Queen, rail strikes and others impending, internal dissension within government circles, that's an under understatement, with the media circus adding fuel to the fire, not to mention the steep rise in energy costs. It makes you wonder what will happen next. Where are we heading? It seems that no sooner do we find our way through one crisis than we see another on the horizon. We then have to hold tight, hang in there and work out what to do next. I don't want to say anything more about that. I'm sure you're relieved to hear that, but if you have any answers, please let me know. So today's sermon is going to be a bit different from usual. I'd like to throw out a few ideas, throw a few ideas into the mix and hear what various celebrities have said about life. We'll take on board our Bible reading and then we'll make our way to a thrilling climax at the end. That's the game plan anyway, so here we go. Here are, f here are a few quotes to start us off. The first is by Bill Shankly, who, as I'm sure you all know, was manager of Liverpool Football Club a few years ago. This is what he said. Football is not a matter of life and death. It's much more important than that. I like to think he said that tongue-in-cheek, just a bit of macho rhetoric. But I wonder, do we get our priorities wrong? What are our priorities in life? Making money, football, work, family, holidays. Is our life just a collection of material things? Or is there a spiritual dimension? Do we make any attempt to have a relationship with God? Now a quote from Pete Townsend of the rock band The Who, the band who used to smash up their equipment on stage at the end of each concert. Rock and roll might not solve your problems, but it le does let you dance all over them. What can I say? Pete, Pete Townsend is not saying anything meaningful at all. It's just a throwaway line which ignores the real issues of life. Or is he just trying to be super cool? as I think you have to be if you're a star in the world of rock and roll. Now a quote from Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar. Do you think what, that you're what they say you are? In all the hype and commercialism of this rock opera, there is the challenge to decide for ourselves whether Jesus really was who he claimed to be. Who do you think Jesus is? Is he really who he claimed to be? And does it really matter? Here's another quote from Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, who had a monster hit a few years ago with a song called Satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try. Here there's a hint that not all is well and that material possessions do not satisfy you. What he said could almost be taken out of the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. It reminds us too 
of the self-sufficient farmer who Jesus talked about. Enter the politician Jacob Rees-Mogg, stage left, with his talk of discombobulation or confusion to the uninitiated. And you're probably hopelessly confused like me. And by the way, that's confused with a capital K. So let's turn to scripture to find a way through all this chaos. Jesus often told stories And just now we've heard a very simple story of a man who built his house upon the sand and he's compared with someone who built his house upon the rock, a firm foundation. It's a very simple story and goes down very well with the children as they can act it out and have a lot of fun doing it. There's a little song in a similar vein, which you may know, with lots of actions and jumping around. But now we ridicule the idea of building on sand and applaud the wisdom of the man building on the rock. So far, so good. The problem is that we see this as a nice little story for children, which is only a story and not at all relevant to us. It's a bit like the mother who says to her child, Be careful when you cross the road, or you'll end up as strawberry jam. Now, you may say that sounds over the top and silly, but the mother is perfectly serious and wants her child to stay safe. You can say that Jesus' story was over the top, but he too was perfectly serious. Unfortunately, it's so easy to walk away and miss the point. Sometimes things can be so simple and yet so profound. As in this case, Jesus was challenging his hearers to follow him and so build their lives on a firm foundation. So what is your foundation in life? Or haven't you thought about it? Can you see the relevance of what Jesus said about following him? Our second reading featured a farmer who had the common sense to enlarge his barns, to accommodate a bumper harvest, but had no room for God in his life. In other words, his priorities were all wrong. And of course, when he died, what use were his riches? You can't take them when you go. It reminds me of the late Bing Crosby, the American singer. Apparently he said that if he couldn't take his wealth with him, he wasn't going to (laughs) go. We laugh as that sounds mildly amusing, but of course it's very sad. And yet Frank Sinatra was happy to sing My Way, possibly one of the most popular songs of all time which takes great pains to emphasise that he was in control of his life and would do just what he liked. I understand that this song is sometimes played at funerals. Isn't that tragic? The whole ethos of the song is so reminiscent of the farmer in the story Jesus told. 
We can smile as we hear the two stories we've just had read to us. But what are our priorities in life? What is the foundation we build our life on? Or haven't we really thought about that? There's a lovely pub in Abbey Foregate called the Dun Cow. And they say it's one of the oldest pubs in the country. Some claim it goes back to the 11th century. If you haven't seen it, um, you probably have, but if you haven't, do go and have a look. It's a solid structure with heavy oak beams. And in between those beams is filler, and I think it's wattle and daub, which is plastered over, and that just plugs the gap. But it's the beams which are the fixed points, and they hold the building together. That's a bit like our lives. There are fixed points. Our marriage, our family, our friends, the home we live in, our community, and so on. On the other hand, we probably enjoy uh, watching TV or having a snooze after a meal or even messing around doing nothing in particular. But those are not the most important elements in our life. We all have different experiences and have different ideas about what matters most to us. But do we make any room in our lives to reach out to God? I do appreciate the song Satisfaction because it taps into that desire that we all have to be satisfied. Mick Jagger, the lead singer, sings that he's engaged in a desperate search for the satisfaction which, is, which escapes him. He tries and tries but is unsuccessful. And the song sounds ever so aggressive and assertive. But if you listen carefully to the lyrics, it turns out to be very depressing. As an aside, when uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards wrote the song, they had two objectives. One, to make a hit record, and two, to make a lot of money. And they were successful on both counts, as the, the song apparently sold more than five million. But they let the genie out of the bottle. They hit a raw nerve, as what they sang was true. And truth is truth, wherever you find it. Why is it that we're never satisfied? What the song says really hits the nail on the head, and ploughs the same furrow as Jesus was doing. Somebody once said that when you get what you want, you don't want it. So you're never satisfied. Which is a roundabout way of saying that material things do not satisfy us at a deeper level. And that chimes in well with a well-known quote from St. Augustine at the end of the 4th century AD when he said uh, in his Confessions, and I quote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Let me repeat that famous quote. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Can I throw out a challenge? Have you found your rest in God? Do you pray? Do you have any relationship with God? The, these are troubled times and we all need to work out what our foundations are and our priorities. Does God play any part 
in your life. I have a few copies of a booklet uh, called Try Praying. You're welcome to take a copy if you think you'd find it helpful. But if not, perhaps you could take a copy and pass it on to one of your friends who you think would benefit from it. One thing I've appreciated in recent years is sitting down with a close friend and having an open discussion about anything and everything which matters to us both. It's something you can do whenever you like. It's so helpful to establish what your foundations are, what your priorities are. I call this process resetting the dials. I certainly recommend that you have that discussion if you've never done it before. If you have, you will know the value of the experience. So I'd recommend you do it again to have an update, so to speak. But if you did sit down and have a heart-to-heart discussion with a close friend about things that really matter to you, what would your fixed points be? What would you consider to be your main priorities? What is the foundation on which your life is built? Would there be a spiritual dimension to your discussion? And dare I say it, would you pray with someone else? If you don't know anyone who fits that category, there are plenty of folk in this church who would be more than happy to pray with you if you ask. I've prepared a short handout which you can use as a bookmark to remind you of some of the things I've said and to open yourself up to God. It's called Points to Ponder. Some of you will have received that already in an email and if you haven't, I've got a few copies um, in my folder here which I can give you if you ask me at the end. Let me tell you what it says on the Points to Ponder. Uh, Number one, When St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, does that resonate with you? And second point, what is the rock on which you build your life? Thirdly, what are your real priorities? And the fourth, if you feel your priorities are wrong, what are you going to do about it? I hope and pray that these comments will be a challenge and an encouragement to you all at this trying time. Amen. Thank you, Ivan. Just get my water. <laughs> Bring your own water. Um, let's just take a few moments to reflect on what God's been saying to us this morning. Something to take home. Something that you want to think through a bit more. Father, we pray that by your Spirit, 
the words that you've spoken into our hearts that you really want us to take note of this morning will continue to rise in our thoughts through this coming week. That your spirit would prompt us and remind us and help us as we grapple with the consequences of those. Amen. And Ivan has chosen as a, a, a song to follow uh, when the saints go marching in. Um, which has proved a little tricky for our technical people, but I think they've mastered it. So let's stand and sing, Oh, when the saints go marching in. of intercession now um, we are as Ivan's pointed out in a very troubled world currently facing even more chaos than usual and I don't know about you but I don't know the answers for any of these things they're too big they're too complicated so as we go pray we are not going to tell God what to do because he knows better and we don't know anything and so we just lift these things up to God. And uh, I'll mention uh, an area for prayer, like the war in Ukraine. And just in a few words, I will give you some possible things that might be on your heart about the war in Ukraine. And in a moment of silence then, you offer that to the Lord. Each one will have something different, I'm sure. And then I'll say a, a quick one-sentence prayer. And in response to, Lord, in your mercy, please say, hear our prayer. So, Father, we come before you now. We lift up things that are way beyond us, but they're not way beyond you. And, Father, hear the prayers of our hearts this morning as we bring them to you. So we pray for the war in Ukraine. Death unspeakable violence, the innocent suffering, thousands of refugees. <clears throat> Sovereign Lord, bring peace and justice. Protect the innocent and the vulnerable. Lord, in your mercy, 
We think now of the poor and disadvantaged those suffering around the world. Natural disasters of flood and famine. Millions forced to flee as refugees. Civil wars. Corrupt governments. Father God, whose heart is always for the poor and vulnerable, have mercy and provide help. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. And we pray for our government. Chaos, division, power grabs, assault on democracy, self-serving MPs. Father, have your hand on the appointment of a new Prime Minister and Government. Provide us with leaders with a servant heart, governing with wisdom for the greater good of all. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. And then we think of the vulnerable in our own country, struggling to provide basics for their families waiting for appointments and operations, unable to afford decent housing. Father, have mercy on the most vulnerable. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. And finally, we pray for our family and loved ones, those who are sick or bereaved or lonely or frightened. Having Father, show your love to those we know who are in great need. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now would you please stand as we declare together what we as Christians believe. And we declare it boldly and strongly. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Now remain standing and um, we come to sharing the peace. 
I'm going to suggest this morning that we don't all mill around and, and chat with each other. Um, we did this during lockdown and we just acknowledge people across the room and uh, invite a blessing and uh, peace upon them. So Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's just share with one another a sign of God's peace. Ursula is now coming to lead us through communion. And I'm going to use Eucharistic Prayer H. The Lord be with you. And also Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love you made us for yourself. When we turned away you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ you shared our life that we might live in him and he in us. He spread his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin. On the night he was betrayed at supper with his friends, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of thee. His body is And at the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. As we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory, send your Holy Spirit that this bread and this wine may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ, our risen Lord. With your whole church throughout the world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voices to join in the eternal song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, 
heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. <coughs> our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one mind. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. The stewards will direct folk forward. Um, we have gluten free and we have non-alcoholic. If you want non-alcoholic wine, please go to this table by the clinic. Thank you.
body of Christ keep you in eternal life. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. So let's remember in prayer those who can't be with us this morning. And so, Father, we pray for those of our number who cannot be with us this morning. Those who are frail, those who are ill, those who have moved into residential care. And Lord, those who are grieving. Father, we ask that your peace and your presence will be with them. And that they will know your blessing this week. Amen. And let's say the prayer after communion together. <coughs> Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Thank you, John. Ursula. And so we come to our final hymn. And I think this hymn actually picks up what uh, Ivan's been saying to us. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Let's stand and sing together.
coming week, don't you think? Let those words ring in your hearts and minds as you leave this place. Well, we come to the end of our time. Um, thank you to Ivan for speaking and Jacqueline. Chris and, and Ian and Aidan, um, who do such great work. It's not just a case of turning up, you know, and switching a computer on. There's preparation, all sorts of things that goes into it. And guys, we really do appreciate your ministry to us, so thank you. And then we've had welcomers and, and all sorts of people making sure this service happens. And special thank you to John Ashton. Um, he gets the uh, home ready for us here. So thank you, John, for all that you do for us. Now, whatever the coming week's going to bring, and it could be anything the way things are in the world, we need God's help. So let's invite God's blessing on each other as we share the words of the grace together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Now, Ivan was encouraging you. He's got some leaflets to give out. He's um, encouraging you to pray with others. Ivan's going to stay here so that you know where to find him. And if you'd like one of those leaflets, if you'd like to pray, that's where he'll be. Um, but apart from that, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>